welcome to the All People's Church Sunday podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by guest speaker Joe Ewan. For more messages and resources, head to allpeopleschurch.org or download our free All People's app. Hey! Praise the Lord. It's great to be here again. Always good to be um, in San Diego. It was four inches of snow, I think, or two inches of snow in Edinburgh, Scotland last week. So I'm happy to be in the sand and not in the snow. So praise God. That's not the only reason why I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to see you, and it's always a joy. I look along the front row, and I see a lot of history, but I see a great future. Amen? And uh, I'm just thankful that uh, Yvonne's here, by the way. Yvonne, now stand up and meet my lovely wife. We'll have been married 46 years on the 1st of July. Can you believe that? Give her a big hug. She certainly needs it. And I tell you, I want to bring you good news from Scotland. We're, they're doing a great job. We just handed the church over to a young 33-year-old guy, and um, they had a, 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 a youth program this week, and I think 30 kids gave their hearts to Jesus. Six, six adults gave their heart to Jesus this morning, apparently, and as many people filled out guest cards and what have you. So it's exciting what's, what God is doing. They got rid of me, and it's now going better. <laughs> so I'm thankful for that. And um, that's, yeah, right. Okay, let's just preach the word, amen? So we, we, we're just thankful for Easter, aren't we? Thankful for Easter, yeah. amen? Resurrection life. But how, who knows that today is as much Resurrection Sunday as any other Sunday? Amen? And I'm thankful for that. So before we preach the word, I want to tell you a little story. Yvonne and I are just back from South Africa, and we were ministering to uh, quite a few people there um, one Sunday morning. And um, I came, came to this couple that are standing in front of me, and their little daughter was off at the side. She was about 11, 12 years old. And um, so we, we invited the daughter to come for prayer, and she said, no, no, I don't want to be prayed for. And I looked at the mom, and I said, do you have any more children? And she started to cry. And she said, Austin was my son, and he's now in heaven. And of course, I knew Austin. Austin used to sit in the training school that I did. I used to go there. I go there for a week and train on the things of the Holy Spirit. And he would sit in the front row and just eating up everything. I remember using him as an illustration for teaching people how to pray for healing. And I said, just imagine Austin's hand is, uh, you know, he needs healing. And he said, well, I do need healing. And uh, so it really put the faith on the, on the line, you know. And, and within a couple of seconds, he's, he couldn't rotate his, his, his wrist, and God healed him completely. So that meant a divine connection to this young man. And well, he met this beautiful young American girl. He's South African. And they fell in love, and he followed her to the United States, and they got married. They were only 19 years old when they got married. And two days after they got married, he was killed in a road accident. She died two, two days later in an intensive care unit. 
and I'm standing in front of her mom and the mom and dad. Do you have any more children? Do you know, that word brought healing and restoration into her heart, that God would speak to a complete stranger and ask about her son. And God would speak uh, about her family, not family past, but her family alive in heaven. There's always hope of heaven. Amen? But then it came to the little girl. You see, Candace, she had said to her mom and dad, I don't want anybody to pray for me, and I don't want to go to church. I just want my brother back. And so I, would, I made a little project to get close to her, and I would give her a little hug, and, and she would smile. And I said, are you going to let me pray for you now? No, no, you're not praying for me. And so I, two or three times, are you going to let me pray for you now? And then on the Sunday morning, she bounds up to me. And I said, well, hi, how are you doing? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Are going to let me pray for you today? Yes. We stopped the whole thing till we prayed for her. And in the midst of praying for Candace, I had this picture of a rosebud. And I said, I can see this rosebud, and I see this rosebud opening up into a beautiful flower. And I can just, as a sense of the, the aroma of this, this beautiful rose going out through and touching many, many lives. And I believe, Candace, as you grow, your testimony about your brother is going to be so key to the releasing of people into the resurrection power of Jesus. She looked at me, and she smiled, and she said, my middle name is Rose. And she said, my brother insisted on my mom and dad that they would give me the middle name Rose. And then he went to heaven. After that prayer, she went to her mom and dad, and she said, I feel that God has given me my brother back. You see, resurrection power will give you, brother, give you your brother back, if you like, would give you life and life in all its fullness. And I want to talk about that four different aspects of the resurrection power of Jesus. The first four things he did when he rose from the dead. And so I think if it's the first four things he did when he rose from the dead, I think it would be pretty important, amen? And I think it's important for you and for me. Now, don't sit there looking as though you're baptized in lemon juice and not talk back to me, okay? I need you to talk, okay? Hallelujah. I wasn't looking at the front row. I was looking at back there a bit. I was looking over here. Just remember and talk to me today. Hallelujah. Amen. So, if you turn in your Bibles to John chapter 20... And we'll just cut into the story, and you'll see the verses come up on the screen, um, I hope. And, uh, um, and I'm reading from the New King James Bible, okay? That's the Bible that Paul used after he got saved. Anyway, but um, in verse 11, in verse 11, it, it speaks um, of Mary. Mary, you see, Mary stood out. Um, uh, stood by the, the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she looked down and looked into the inside of the tomb. She saw two angels sitting on white, uh, one at the head and the other at the feet of where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, woman, what are you we- why are you weeping? What are you looking for? She said, because they had taken, the- she-, she was weeping. She said to them, because they've taken away 
my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Do you know that grief can cloud your heart so much and sorrow can get so much a hold of your heart that you can't recognize the Lord anymore? And he wants to break that off our hearts and off our life. It mightn't be for the loss of someone. All that Mary wanted was the dead body of Jesus to prepare it and look after it for burial because they couldn't do a complete work because of the Sabbath when he did die. And she just wanted his dead body back so that she could do that. And then she heard a voice. And the voice says to her, woman, why are you weeping? Why are you, whom are you seeking? And she supposed him to be a gardener. My goodness me, Mary Magdalene didn't even recognize Jesus. Do you recognize Jesus today? You'll recognize Jesus in the people around you. You'll recognize Jesus as he ministers to you and into your heart if you would give him the opportunity to work in your heart and in your life. Let him lift the sorrow off your life and off your heart, and he will do something great for you. She supposed him to be the gardener. And then Jesus said to her, Mary. I just had the name Julie on my heart today. Is there a Julie in the room? He just wants to speak your name today. Julie, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Julie. He just wants to speak your name today to release a fresh sense of his peace into your heart and into your life. The next adventure you're on is going to be a great adventure. It could be scary, so peace be still. Okay. Well, right. Anyway, <laughs> praise God. That was free. That was absolutely free. <laughs> Amen. You see, the power to overcome where we are, that's what resurrection power is. The power to overcome where we are and where God wants to take us. That little girl, Candace, she overcame because of the power of the Word of God into her life, that God would speak her name, just as Jesus did for Mary. Mary! He spoke his name, and all the grief was then taken away. All the sorrow was lifted off, but, and, and joy returned. Amen? The sorrow of the grave, and, and things that may have died, things that you may have lost, things that you may have misplaced, relationships that have not gone right, the sorrow of the grave. It seems it's all dead and buried, but there's resurrection power and there's resurrection life. She went from so the sorrow of the grave to a message that would save. She was the first missionary. Jesus said, go back to the disciples and tell them. Tell them that I'm risen. Tell them that he is risen. Sorrow, you see, someone once said this, sorrow looks back. Fear looks around, but faith looks up. And so often we can, we can be sorrowful and it's always looking back to the past and, to, to, and, and we can think, if only, if only, if only. You can't live on an if only. You can only live by faith. You Amen. You got to let go and let God take you to the next level and the next thing that he has for your life. 
She wanted what she had had. She wanted a dead body of Jesus so she could look after it and honor that, that thing, but, but honor his body. But Jesus gave her something new and something to motivate her again to move on. Amen? Anybody need to be fresh motivation today? It might be the right boot of fellowship. You know, it might be just... Uh, anyway, but... I get to do that now and again, um, and and but but it's it's something to lift us up, to move us on to the next thing. Jesus speaks our name, and He wants us to be lifted out of any sorrow that we may go through, because He's got life to give us and life in all its fullness. Amen. The fragrance of that little girl's testimony will speak to many if she believes the word that God had spoken to her. I want you to notice verse... Um, uh, no, the second thing is this. Um, the disciples, Mary was sent to the disciples, and she had to go to them. And it says here, it says in, in verse 19, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. I don't know how locked up you may be. Nobody's getting into this part of my life. Jesus has got the ability to get right in behind those locked doors to set you free. That's the heart of God, to get right in behind the locked up areas of your life that he might set you free to be everything that he's called you to be. He doesn't want you to be like a half-shut knife, you know. He wants you completely flowing and completely going for all that he has. And here's his disciples locked up for fear. And Jesus wants to set us free. You see, fear was causing them to look around. Oh, the Jews and this and, you know, all the things. Pilate and graves and soldiers and stones rolled away. Fear was the thing that, that had captivated them. And Jesus comes right in the midst, behind the fear, behind the locked door, and sets them free. How does he do that? Peace, be still. Peace be still. That peace that passes all understanding. You know, maybe you tried it with some bourbon or tequila or something to get some peace. Just, you know, Scotland, it's whiskey or whatever. Maybe just, oh, I'll just relax with a little bit. Of, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. There's only one spirit that will give you peace, and that is the Holy Spirit. Let a minister his peace into your heart and into your life, and you'll never be the same again. What a God we serve. Amen? I want you to see this. What Jesus did, he says to Mary in the morning, he said, no, don't touch me because I'm going to send to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And then he comes amongst the disciples and he shows them his hands and his feet. He shows them. You know, Jesus, in Old Testament times, the high priest would go in to the Holy of Holies, and he would sprinkle the, the blood on the mercy seat. Jesus is the mercy seat. He sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat, and their sins was atoned for for a whole year. But Jesus came, 
with a forever done deal. He had gone before the Father. He had presented his blood in, uh, on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? He presents the blood, and he comes. Here you go. Here you go. I've done it. He did it. He did it for you, and he did it for me, that we would know his power and his love working in our hearts and in our life. You see, when he looks at you and he looks through the blood of Jesus, he doesn't see what we used to be, but Father God sees his son and the blood of his son, and he sees his righteousness. That's you. You're the righteousness of God. Don't, don't, please don't get excited about that. I mean, I wouldn't want to... I wouldn't... I wouldn't, want to, I wouldn't want to call you out on it or anything, but you're the righteousness of God, you know? Amen? Yeah, put a little tick on there. Yeah, praise God. On earth as it is in heaven, complete freedom from fear because of what God is doing in our lives. So Jesus said to them again, peace be still. Peace be still. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. That's the way to get rid of fear. Let him send you. That's good. It's gone very quiet here. <laughs> I could help you with that if you like. Just come, we'll prophesy a few nations into your heart and send you. No direction, no correct. Anyway, praise God. From a fearful, from a fearful position to a holy commission. That's the heart of God, to get you from a fearful place into his holy calling because we're called for such a time as this. The only way that San Diego is, is going to change is if we get out of our fears and into faith and fulfill the calling that he has for us. Amen? I love that song that we sung, So Much, so much Better Your Way, Lord. Amen? So much better your way. And this is how we're going to fight our battles. Through the power of the blood of Jesus working in our hearts and in our lives. So how, do we, the, how, do we, the, the, how did the resurrection power deal with their fears? Well, he speaks peace to them and he breathes power into them. Maybe you just need the breath of God to be poured into you today. Maybe you need the power of the Holy Spirit to just break that lock completely open. Amen? Let God do what he needs to do in this season of your life. We're getting ready for great things in our lives. God's got some great adventures before us. We're not finished yet. Amen? I mean, I have a neighbor that wants me to just sit and drink coffee with him, but I'll be 70 years old, this, and I don't have time to stop. You know what I mean? we we just got to keep going. If you're not going to go, I'll have to go. So we've got to go. We've got to do what God calls us to do. Amen? It's far better be obedient than retired. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Do you hear that, Yvonne? No, yeah. Steve, do you hear that? And Anyway. He speaks peace to them a second time, and then he breathes power to them, breathes power into them. What's the fruit of it all? Forgiveness. He gives them the power to forgive sins or the power to retain sins. I don't want that second power. 
and the retaining of sins, of, of, of forgiveness. I want to see forgiveness released, amen? It's the only thing that will change this nation if we forgive. How many times do I forgive? Well, just keep forgiving. Keep forgiving. And as we do that, then God is able to take us to the next level. And then the third point is this. We've got Thomas. I remember in the old days of the what we called the faith movement. It was 1984, oh, and I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I'm listening to this song being played. You'll never have Abraham's blessings with the Thomas kind of faith. And I'm thinking, I wasn't very spiritual back then. Maybe I'm still not, but I'm saying, what a load of rubbish. What on earth is that? That's not even biblical. They haven't even read Acts 2. Peter stood up with the 11. That included Thomas. He must have got faith from somewhere. Amen? And he, there was a moment in his life, I'm not going to believe. Now, don't you tell me there wasn't a moment in your life that you said that I'm not going to believe. And maybe you're here today, and you're saying, I'm not going to believe. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> I'm leaving in the morning, don't worry. Um, and, oh, yes, you are. Oh, no, I, oh, yes, you are. This is not a pantomime. This is life. And Jesus wants to give you life and all its fullness and stop wasting another day. Amen? Don't waste another day. Let's get on and do what he's called us to do, and we'll see God move. And, and it's just amazing what, what he does. It's what he does with Thomas. Now, I don't know about you, but could you imagine the scene, and they're all in there for fear of the Jews, and here's Jesus speaking peace to them, and, and eight days later, Thomas had said, I'm not going to believe. I am not going to believe unless I put my hand into his side and I put my fingers through the holes in his hands. And Jesus appears eight days later. What, you, what would you have done? Well, Thomas, you just hang fire. I'll get to you later. That's never the heart of God when it comes to your unbelief. Jesus gets into the room and he goes, here you go, Thomas. Here you go, Thomas. Yes, we can do it. We can do it. We can do it. Because he wants you out of your unbelief. He wants you out of that place that you may be in. Because he wants you to believe. Amen. He wants us to believe in who he is and what he has for us. Never been a day like today. Never been a day like believing and where we're at now and where God wants to take us. He says, my Lord and my God. Can you say that today? Somebody once said this. I think it was Billy Graham. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. I remember another old song. I'm an old guy, you see. Um, <laughs> and, well, I've forgotten it now, but anyway. <clears throat> if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Amen? There is no time for, what's a song, for holding back when you know you should go on. There is no time for weakness when the Lord has made you strong. There is no time like this time for people like us walking the earth, 
This is the day of the people of the Lord. No time for doubt and unbelief. It's time for faith. Step out in faith and see God move and see God do something great in these days in your life. Amen? And then the final point is this. Peter, it's all the names today. Mary, all the 12 disciples. Then it's Thomas, and then it comes to Peter. We know his story, don't we? He's there in chapter 21, and um, in verse 1 and 2, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and, and this way he showed himself. Simon Peter and, and all the, the, those disciples mentioned there, Simon said to them, verse 3, I'm going a fishing. Now there's the word of the Lord. But anyway, uh, for some of us, it may be the word of the Lord. Not just now, I'm not finished yet. You can go later, okay? But um, he decides he's gone fishing. Well, he knew all about fishing because he had been a fisherman, man. Amen? And, and you see, sometimes in the turmoil, there must have been lots of turmoil going on. Um, it's easy to run back to the last place of our security. I remember a day that, that Yvonne and I, we wanted to honor a guy who was retiring, and I'd been a fisherman and stuff, and we went to this office that I used to work from, and, uh, and I said to them that day, I said, what would it take to get me back into the fishing industry? And a guy looked at me. He said, you say, you say yesterday, this was a Friday, he said, you could be in, at the sea on Sunday. Oh, the temptation was just there because... Things weren't happening the way I thought they should happen. I wanted to run back to my last place of security, the thing that I thought I was good at. And I remember this old father in the Lord said to me, if you try to get onto a fishing boat, I'll be standing at the top of the ladder and you will not get on board. We need some fathers in the Lord, and you maybe need to be listening to your father in the Lord. That's enough of that nonsense. Get into faith, and let's move on. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Good word, Jeff. Don't run back to the last place of security. So what's going to heal us from that insecurity? Well, your confession and your commitment to the one you love and what you love. Because so often we... We say, well, I'm going to follow Jesus wholeheartedly, but I'll just keep this little bit here for me. And we just don't give him all that he's asking for. And we need to give it all to the Lord. I was saying in the first service, you know, we give our tithes and our offerings. God's not interested in your tithe, really. You know, that's your rent for living on God's earth. That's what Bill Johnson says. You breathe his air and you live on his, land, uh, on his, on his earth, so you've got to pay your rent, you know. <laughs> Anyway, but he's interested in what's left. He wants to know. He'll know what kind of person you are by what you do with the rest of what you have. Does it belong to him? Are you going to give it to him? And what, he, he's interested in what you do the next six days of the week, not just for an hour and a bit on a Sunday. And he's looking and he's watching as to what we do with who, with who we are and with what we say we are. Are we giving our hearts and lives to him? Now, where's my little prompt? Am I there? Oh, is that me? Right, okay, that's a little prompting there. Um, <clears throat> Jesus says to Simon, do you love me? 
Simon said, yeah, I, I love you, Lord. He's recovering, remember, from nearly spitting in his face. And he said, Simon, he said, feed my sheep. He said, Simon, do you love me? He says, well, you know that I love you. He says, well, ten by lambs. And then he says a third time, Simon, do you love me? And out of sheer frustration, Simon says, yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. And then he tells them which kind of death he was going to have. But what God wanted, what Jesus wanted was he wanted all of Simon. He had said to Simon, Simon, listen, the devil's going to come and he's going to tempt you. He's going to sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for you that your faith doesn't fail. And when you return, strengthen your brethren. Feed the sheep. And that's what he's calling us to do. I don't know where you're at with the Lord today. I don't know if you're in fear. I don't know if you're in sorrow, if you're in complete unbelief or where you're at in your heart. I don't know if you're running back to your last place of security, but I know what God wants to do. He wants to breathe on you. He wants to give you your life back. He wants to clear up from your heart and your mind unbelief and all these things that would hinder you from the next phase of what God has for your life. And the question is, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to believe him? Are you going to open up again? You know, some of us have gone, been in ministry for many years. You know, we've been in ministry 36 years. And, and here we have handed over this little church in Scotland. This guy's doing far better than I ever did. And, and it, it'd be easy to be jealous and all these things. No, but there's more. There's more. You can't look back. You've just to do the next thing that God tells you to do, as a famous man of God that we all know would say. And if you're obedient to the next thing he tells you to do, you could be at the heart of the greatest move of God the world has ever seen. And the question is, are you going to be obedient? Are you going to come out of your fears? Are you going to come out of the unbelief? Are you going to come out of the sorrow? And are you going to come out of the insecurity and allow God to love on you? the way that he wants to. Let's stand to our feet. So, Father, we want to thank you for your grace today over our lives and our lives. We want to thank you, Lord, that there is no one like you. And, Lord, we come today. Just open your hands with me to receive this morning. You know, when I told the story in, in Tijuana yesterday about Rose, I had walked in the room and they were all worshiping and God said to me, Rosa, you know, well, it's not difficult to understand that that's Rose in, in Spanish. And, 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 you know, three ladies responded to that. And, and I don't know where you are today. I don't know if there's been something that you've felt that's been stolen from you that God wants to release back to you this morning. I don't know if the unbelief has robbed you from where God wants to take you next because there's more in God that he has for you and he has for me. But give him the opportunity today. Just come forward here. Someone will pray for you. We want to pray for you. We want to see a, a fresh release of resurrection power released into your heart and into your life. Don't hold back from this new phase of what God wants to do, whether it's in your life personally or the life of the church. Let God minister to you. Let his grace flow in this season and see God move. So come on.
If you need prayer, come. Every head up and every eye open. Let's do it that way today. Amen? And let's respond to the Lord and let him touch your life today. In Jesus' name. There's a ministry team going to be here to help us. And we just want to minister um, into your hearts and into your lives today. All fear gone, insecurity gone, all those things that would hold you back. Thank you.